Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Are you blessed today? I want to talk just a few minutes about being blessed and what that looks like. And then Pastor Ned's going to bring the word. It's kind of become a common saying, something you would post, something you would tweet. I've seen it on pillows and posters. So blessed. So blessed. You know, it used to be sometimes when you meet someone, and they use that word, it could be like a signal. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, in the, in the Italian mafia, when you introduce somebody, he's either a friend of ours or a friend of mine. If he's a friend of ours, I know he's a made guy. And you introduce him that way, and then you know he's a part of the, he's a part of the crew. But if I say just he's a friend of mine, then um, he's not someone to be completely trusted. Amen. So sometimes when people use that word, it's so frequently used today, blessed. I'm so blessed. So, well, what does that mean to be blessed? Uh, the Bible gives us a, a little bit of a, of a picture of, of what it means to be blessed today in Psalm 84. And if you want to go there with me, I'm just going to spend a few minutes about God's blessing in our heart in Psalm 84. And as you're going there, I guess I'll just introduce, there was a Seinfeld episode one time where Kramer wanted to see how far he could go on on, on empty, driving his car. He and Newman were driving, and they, they wanted to see how far they could get to before running out of gas. And David here in, in Psalm 84 said that the, the emergency lights were going off in his being. And he says, Lord, how lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. So he said, you know, it's not just, a, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, maybe I need, I need God in my, in my spirit. I, I'm doing well and uh, everything's fine, but I, I feel like, you know, maybe I ought, to, I ought to pray or maybe I ought to enter, op- go to God's house or maybe I ought to open the Bible. No, the, the emergency lights were going off in his entire being. He said, not only my heart, but even my flesh is crying out for the living God. It's saying to me, being, you need the Lord right now. You need him in your heart. You need him in your flesh. You need him in your emotions. You need him in your spirit. You need the blessing of God in your life. And that's the way we are sometimes. You know, we were talking about something the other day, and we were trying to dice it apart and figure out, you know, who's right and who's wrong in our family. What, who's right and who's wrong in this situation? What's the best thing to do? Who's to blame? And at one point, and, you know, we analyze things. You ever analyze things? You ever get in your head sometimes and try to figure out what's going on in your life? Well, we were doing that. You know, the word analyze literally means to break apart and to piece things apart. But we had to stop at one point and say, there's a greater truth here. And the greater truth is, is what we're doing here under the blessing of God. Is, are my motivations, is my attitude, are my actions, are they submitted to the lordship of, of Jesus? 
Because that's when I know that the things that are happening are going to have the blessing of God upon them. When, when I'm seeking God with all of my heart, and there's a couple of things that happen when, when we are blessed by God. First of all, David says, even a sparrow has found a home and a swallow a nest for her young. Where she may lay her young, even your altars, O Lord, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. The blessing is in the dwelling. You know, sometimes we, we separate. We stop dwelling in the presence of God. So he says, listen, if you want to be blessed, you need to dwell. That means settle down and take up residence regularly in God's presence. He uses a couple of metaphors here. He says, you find a home and you find a nest. You know, there's safety in God's presence. When we come into God's presence, and obviously in the old covenant here, David's talking about a place that he would go to. The presence of God was only found in one place in the old covenant. You had to be near a prophet, or you had to be near the house of God. But here for us in the new covenant, we can come into God's presence through the name of Jesus, and we can come into the presence of the Holy Spirit. And in the presence of the Spirit, there's safety. Their strength. David says here, blessed are those who dwell in your house. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. What's a pilgrimage? A pilgrimage is a journey. When we come into God's presence and his blessing comes upon us, we reset. Our hearts sometimes can get set and get stuck on the wrong things. But when we come into God's presence, we reset our hearts and we say, you know what? That's right. This life's a journey. This isn't my temporary dwelling. I'm not storing up treasures for myself here on earth. I'm storing up treasures in heaven. And we reset our hearts before the Lord. Finally, David says, the result of dwelling in God's presence is that we'll be praising him. We'll be praising him. When we come into God's presence and his blessing falls upon us, a praise begins to come out of our hearts. And listen, there... There's one place where that blessing is in Ephesians chapter 1. The Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We find the blessing in Jesus. There's such a consistency in God's presence. And I'll just close with this. I, I kind of rolled into the prayer meeting Friday night and pastor and I was chatting about Sunday and what we were going to do. And, and I just began to tell him about all the things that were going on and he was just there. You know, God's there. He's just there waiting for us. The light is on. The Bible says God is our sun and our shield. The light is always on in the house of God. And pastor was sitting here, and he says, you know, what, what should we do um, about this and about that? And I just was overwhelmed with the sense of, uh, first of all, I was grateful that I could just come and that, there, and that the, uh, Pastor Ned would just be here. He's just there. He's just consistent. Pastor Ned's who are here, they're faithful. That's, that's God. God's here. He's always there waiting for us in his house. He's always there waiting for us to come so that he could bless us. He's always listening. 
and he's always faithful. So, Father, we just thank you, God, for your blessing. Thank you, God, that we can be blessed when we turn our hearts to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Let's welcome Pastor Ned as he comes. He's going to bring the word of God today. Praise God. If you want to open your Bibles with me this morning, I'm going to just preach for a few minutes out of Psalm 103. This is a a psalm that I pray over myself probably every day, pretty much every day. There's some truths in here that I want want to experience in my life. And uh, I haven't experienced all of them, but I I want to continue to press on to possess what's right, what I believe is rightfully mine. But look what it says in, in Psalm 103. It starts off with, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. One of the things that I always like to do, and I don't mean to be legalistic about it, but in our prayer time, just to start off with some worship. Start off worshiping God and make it about him first, not about me. So I always take some time. I've got a Barker Lounge that I live in. My wife would probably say I live in it. But I just begin to worship God, just quietly, and invariably God will give me a song to sing, and I'll just kind of quietly sing a song to the Lord. I just want to bless him. I just want to know I love him. God, I just thank you for all you've done in my life. I can't express it with words, but my heart just blesses you, Lord. I bless you with all my heart because you are such a good God. You've been so good to me. I love you, Lord. And after I do that, then there's a confession that I make. I thank you, Lord. That you, that you, that I forget none of your benefits. I think that you pardon all my iniquities and you heal all my diseases. There's two things that I want to center in on today. There's forgiveness from God and healing of our physical bodies because I'm fighting for it in Jesus' name. I don't want to just, I don't want to just have good theology. I want to experience what I believe is scriptural. I want, it, I want it real in my life. And so I want, to, I, want, I want that to be manifested in me. But first of all, the Bible says that he forgives all our iniquities. Not some, not most, but all. He's a forgiving God. You know, in our years of pastoring, we've, we've talked to a lot of people who have some funny, people who come up with some funny ideas. We've talked to people that said, well, I don't think God could forgive me for this, whatever it was. And I've said, I said to him, you mean your sin is greater than God's grace? Oh, and when you think of it that way, they say, oh, no, 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 it's not. But we have to be careful. Not that I don't believe it probably, this probably doesn't apply to anyone here. But we have to be careful that we don't become proud of how bad we've been. Because people, we've bumped into some people that are almost proud of how bad they've been. You have to repent of that and, be, and, conf- and just pour your heart out to God. But So God heals. He forgives all our iniquities and he heals all our diseases. Something we see, something I've seen in scripture over and over again is times where God mentions forgiveness and healing together. Because there are two truths that God wants us to, 
to have in our hearts. That God is a forgiving God and he's a healing God. And I'll give you one other truth about God that's important for us to know. And that God is a good God. He's good. In 1 Chronicles chapter 16, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. God is a good God. He's nothing but good. There's nothing but goodness in him. Psalm 34 is a familiar scripture to many of us. Oh, taste and see the Lord is what? The Lord is good. And he is good, always. In Psalm 145, it says, The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. Over and over again in the Bible, it says that God is a good God. And that's not true part of the time, it's true all the time. And the opposite is true, the devil is bad. You know, everything about him is bad. He's totally corrupt. In John 8, chapter 8, Jesus says he's a murderer. And later in that same chapter, it says he's a, he's a liar and the father of lies. And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. There's nothing good about him. He's evil, totally evil. And so when you think, when you, when you think of something, see whether it's good or bad, it tells you where it's from. For example, if I say cancer, what would you say? Bad, right? Well, that means it's not from God. Depression, bad. Forgiveness, good, it's from God. Peace, good, it's from God. It's, to me, it's a simple way to kind of judge what's going on in your life. When you have certain thoughts that hit your mind, is that a good thought or a bad thought? Is that a godly thought or an ungodly thought? And you know where it comes from. If it doesn't come from God, reject it and don't, don't accept it. Because the devil, he, he's, he, I don't know how he does it, but he makes his thoughts seem like it's really you. You really feel like it's you. I'm depressed. I'm just, uh, you don't understand. I'm just totally depressed. Uh, he's, he's a liar. He, he puts it on you. He puts this depression on you. And then he makes you feel like it's really you. And you, it's almost like we accept it. We say it's just way. But we, God wants us to fight it. I'm, I tell you, I'm fighting this thing in my body in Jesus' name. Because I believe that God wants me well. That he died for my sicknesses and my diseases. As well as to, to forgive me of my sins. And so... If I just had that one scripture, Psalm 103, if I just had that one scripture that says, he forgives all my iniquities, he heals all my diseases, if I just had that one, it would be enough. I don't have to have, I don't have to have Exodus chapter 15, where God says, I am the Lord, I am your healer. I don't have to have Isaiah chapter 53, where it says, surely our sicknesses he himself bore, and our pains he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his wounds were healed. I wouldn't need 107, Psalm 107 and verse 20, where it says he sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from all their disease. I wouldn't have to look at all the healing that Jesus did when he walked the earth. In Matthew chapter 4, where it says he heals all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. I wouldn't need to see how Jesus empowered his disciples. When he sent them out, he said, oh, he said, yeah, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out, uh, cleanse the leper, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. I wouldn't need Mark chapter 16, 
where Jesus said, believers in my name shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I wouldn't need 1 Peter 2.24, where it says, he himself bore our sicknesses in his body on the cross, that we might die to, that, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, for by his wounds we're healed. I wouldn't need James chapter 5, which says, Is any sick among you? Let him call the elders of the church. Let him anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. I wouldn't need all that if I just had Psalm 103. If I just had one scripture, that'd be enough for me. But I've got a whole lot of them that shows that God wants me well. God wants you well. What we have to do is we have to be very careful that when, when we're not experiencing physically what we believe is right scripturally, that we don't start making excuses. Something like, oh, must be God wants to teach me a lesson. Yeah, he wants to teach you that you're healed in by the stripes of Jesus. We have to be careful that we don't say, well, God just is humbling me. You know, we, these things, they sound kind of nice, but they're not scriptural. And, and, and sometimes people say, well, must be God wants me to teach me a lesson. I say, fine. If God's trying to teach you a lesson with this sickness and this disease, then why are you going to the doctor, you little rebel? Why don't you just keep it? Why don't you just let, let, keep it and let God, let God do in you what he wants to do? And you're involving that doctor in your rebellion against God. See, it doesn't make sense when you talk that way. Say, it's right. God wants me well. God wants you well. We have to fight for it. I was thinking, you know, the children of Israel... God said, I've given, when he took him out of Egypt, when he brought him, he said, I've given you the land of Canaan. He said, I've given you the land. But they didn't just sit on, the, on one side of Jordan and say, it's mine, it's mine. They had to fight, they had to fight, going, they had to fight for it when they went in, and they had to fight to keep it. We have to fight for what's rightfully ours. Don't let the devil rob you of what's rightfully yours. I have a right to be healed. God is, my, the spirit of God lives in me, and he's a life-giving spirit. When God breathed on a lump of clay, it became a human being. When Jesus touched the leper, they were healed. Life, he's a life-giving spirit, and his spirit lives in me. Sickness and disease has invaded my body, and it can't stay in Jesus' name. I have to fight for what's right for the earth. I, 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 and I, I want us to go over that. I want to hit that, hit, hit, hit it, and hit it, because God wants, us, wants not only me to believe it, but he wants all of us to believe it, to start seeing what's rightfully ours in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.